Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, we cover all the bases with Todd Levin, what it's like to write for Conan's new show, and how scary or not scary Jaws is at Universal Studios. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. A beautiful evening in Los Angeles, misting outside, the northern lights just visible over the horizon. The hate groups have all gone to sleep. <laughs> They've all bedded down in their hateful beds. The rock and roll half marathon has finally concluded today. <laughs> Dear God. There's nothing worse than waking up to the sound of the rock and roll half marathon. Oh, so that's that, this is something, if I'm not mistaken, as a half marathon along the route rock bands play. And it's like a lot of one-hit wonders. It's like the... To say that eight six seven five three zero nine guys and stuff like that. I feel like that is probably the most ambitious uh, uh, person that you would see on this course. Like that's the top build person is Tommy Two Tones or whatever his name is. <laughs> sure. Um, I think mostly you're looking at a sort of third tier cover bands. Okay. Um, it's a disastrous scene. Maybe and- like maybe like flipped gender cover bands yeah absolutely. okay sure absolutely By a lot of way, acd she's yeah here, here girl oingo boingo here with us joining us in the studio um uh, my neighbor uh very funny man uh you might know him as a writer on the conan o'brien program uh you might know him from his uh, longtime popular web presence tremble.com uh or you might know his brand new book which he co-wrote with several other authors as the Association for the Betterment of Sex. The book is called Sex, Our Bodies, Our Junk. I just lifted it up as though there were cameras in here. (laughs) It's a great visual. Yeah. I just wanted people to get a sense of what the book looks like. Um, Just get a feeling for it. Yeah, what it sounds like when slightly tapped on a table. Yeah. Anyway, Tom That's important when you're considering a book purchase. We're so happy to have you here on the show. I'm happy to be here. Thanks. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I, I the whole time I didn't know whether uh, what the protocol was whether I was allowed to speak during your 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 kind of ramp up our preamble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have um, some sort of opinion about flipped gender cover bands that maybe you were you were kind of contained? Were you holding something in about Hell's Bells, the all female ACDC cover band? I have very strong opinions about rock and roll marathons. Mm, really? Um, Let's yes. hear them. Because I, 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 I had to cover one for a job. Um, this is a, a job. At the time, you worked at Good Morning America. You were a reporter it, you would think, at Good yeah. Morning America. This was this was something I was doing for eBay. Uh, I was hired. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Sure. <laughs> right, of course. Yeah. eBay does a lot of event coverage. They in cover addition a lot to of events, online a lot of fun events. They're all over the place. We rode around in an RV like Charles Corral. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, it was we. It was in San Diego. Wait, was, did you ride around in an RV with Andy Richter? I did, and Paul F. Tompkins. There you go. Okay, this is a. This was a. This did this ever appear on the internet? It did. Yeah, it did. Uh, it shouldn't have. No, it was fine. It was fine. Ultimately, it, this was a big thing. This is like a six month project it was, or something. It was wasn't all it? summer long. Yeah, we were, we were trapped in this RV, driving up and down the coast, looking for fun. Uh, we didn't find any, especially those guys. But for me, it was actually really exciting because 
I, I knew Andy a little bit before that. Uh, I did. I'd not met Paul. Um, so I was getting to work with, you know, I was writing these videos for eBay and Andy and Paul were the talent. And it was exciting for me to hang out with those guys all day and all night. Uh, it probably wasn't very exciting for them. It no. was probably a, a low point for at least one of them. So, yeah. uh, so you said you didn't, you had not met Andy yet. This was before I'd you met worked. Andy. For, oh, okay. Yeah. I had met Andy. I knew his uh, wife from way back in New York. Okay. When, uh, and, but this uh, was before you worked for the Conan O'Brien yes, Enterprise? this is a couple okay. of years before that. Okay. Um, but we, one of the things we had to do was cover a rock and roll marathon in San Diego because eBay thought that would be fun, uh, where we talked to the winners of a, uh, a rock and roll marathon. The whole idea was winning, you know. As, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay. So we covered winners in, in, in a lot of small areas. And uh, the very first, first of all, we had to get there at, I think, 4 a.m., because those things start really early. It's inhuman. It Absolutely. Is horrible. You don't have to tell yes. me that they start early because yes, you uh, live above one. Yeah. 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 My dad was a uh, marathon runner uh, when I was a kid, and we would always. What? Yeah. Wow. We would always make the trek up from Orange County to LA. It's like about an hour drive. Mm-hmm. I and, feel like your dad is a mythical creature. I met him. I've met sure. him maybe even more than once I've met your dad. Yeah. Uh, I feel like he. if you told me right now that your dad had a horn. In the lower back of his head. Sure. I'd just be like, well, of course he did. Ever, after the time you told me the story of how he came came home with like a 1920s reproduction car one day, um, I feel like I would believe anything about your dad. Uh, yeah, sure. He has certain magical properties. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, the, uh, the Indians believe that his fingernails uh, give sexual potency. Wow. So if you want to sire a son, mm-hmm. you have to trap my dad. Has sure. he been hunted? Has huh? he been hunted? Yes. I mean, that's currently where he is. He okay. is. Uh, he's, he's in Oklahoma. He's, he's human prey. This is like kind of game reserve. Yeah. This is kind of like the middle half. My dad's life right now is like the middle half of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Oh wow. On the plus side, he gets paid a lot of money to appear at powwows. <laughs> um, <laughs> he gets all the fry bread he can he gets eat. All the fry bread. <laughs> That stuff will kill you. Uh, oh, we always had to get up. We we wanted to support him when he was running the marathon, so we would get up at you know three in the morning and drive up to L.A. Oh, uh, and my my parents would always bribe me, or uh, my mom would bribe me uh, with a trip to the La Brea Tar Pits, <laughs> which was a favorite destination of mine as a kid. Anyway, was, was that during the race or after the race? This was like between the time the race started and the time that we would be cheering for my dad as he came by my uh how did your dad feel about the people who would compete in the marathon dressed as like gorillas and things like elvis yeah Yeah. there's always a running band of elvises uh he never expressed an opinion about the running a-holes i always thought it was cool as a kid there was a huge pack of the elvis uh people dressed like elvis for the rock and roll marathon in san diego natch yes well my wife's uh my wife's uh boss just ran a marathon and apparently she's She's like 40, I'm guessing. She's just taken up uh, a side career as uh, just like one step below world-class runner and triathlete. (laughs) Just decided to do that now. I think there's this kind of people, and it's the same kind of person that becomes a successful lawyer, that just can't live with themselves if they're not just worked into a frenzy about something. Right, right. You know? Yeah. Todd, what, uh, what, how did you find the winners of the Rock and Roll Marathon? What sort of person is this? Is that is it that same uh, no, it's furious just, go-getter? It's like any marathon. 
of someone from Africa won. Okay, um, sure. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether it's the rock and roll marathon, the bluegrass marathon, somebody from Africa will win. And mm-hmm. it was, it was some dude from Africa. I don't even know if the Elvis is finished. Although I like to think of them crapping their suits. <laughs> <laughs> sure. A lot, of, a lot of runners crap themselves. That is pretty common, right? I, yeah, from what I've heard. Has your dad? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, Inuits believe mm-hmm. that if you harvest that right, crap, right, right. Uh, you mix it into a <laughs> sure. stew and you feed it to a baby. You can cure planter's warts. Exactly. <laughs> sure. Only babies planter's warts, though. <laughs> Once you're an adult, the magic What's well, no kind of like, well, it's more of like uh, an immunization from planter's warts. If a baby <laughs> okay. is fed... I always wondered why Inuits don't have planter's warts. <laughs> if, a, if a baby is fed uh, the shit stew uh-huh. <laughs> at an early enough age... Sure. The Inuits have so much preventative medicine. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've talked about... I've a lot of it's with, shit related. I've talked with Jordan about this before, but I'm, per, I'm personally opposed to marathons. Okay. I don't believe in them. You don't believe in them. I think that they are an affront to God himself. Which you do believe in. No, I don't believe in God either. <laughs> okay. I, I okay. am an atheist. Okay. But, uh, uh, to any, anything important, mm-hmm. I just think there are certain things that are reasonably within human ability and then there are other things that you only do just to be like to hey fuck you yeah. god yeah right i got this god yeah, yeah. Like, like <laughs> you think you're better no, than me like it's it's really not your fancy not, car it's not so much an athletic contest as just a misery suffering contest right it's like people who make up new kinds of insane sports yeah just things that they can punish themselves with. People who, who add things to athlons. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, like people whose pentathlon, they, they're dropping skeet shooting. Right. What's right. that, biathlon? Did you the guys yeah. know that they're the guy who, one of the um, one of the big wigs behind the mixed martial arts movement is starting a new sport where it's arm wrestling, but you can punch and kick each other. No, that is so <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> It's called like X arm. I cannot wait to see the first action film based on that. Yes, like, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's kind of the sequel to Over the Top, like Jim Kata. Yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> Look, I, uh, I don't mean to, I, I don't mean. I'll, I'll, sometimes someone will will write me an email telling me about how pretentious I am. Sure. And I don't mean to be how pretentious. Often does that I don't mean to be pretentious now in saying this, but the other day I happened to be reading the Esquire survey of the American male. Okay. Um, and I discovered that men under 30, uh, their favorite sport is mixed martial arts. Oh, yeah. It's their favorite sport, more favorite than football, at least according to this Esquire magazine thing. Sure. They love it. It's horrible. It alternates, to me, it alternates between boring and horrific. It's one of the two. It's either it's boring when they're locked on the ground and yeah, horrific when and one's horrific getting punched. when someone's pushing, so slamming someone's face into the ground or something. Right. When someone when someone has blood on their face. Like I don't even Which I, is often, right? I'm yeah, I'm not even against like I'm not against boxing, but like I, I remember watching like one of the greatest traumas of my life was I was watching on pay-per-view at like a pay-per-view party that Tyson Holyfield fight. Mm-hmm. And the second that Tyson bit Holyfield's ear, it was like, oh fuck, there are no rules. Anarchy reigns. Right. Someone's going to have to put one of these boxers down. Right. <laughs> sure. Exactly. Cattle prods will yeah. now be involved. Like there's so, there's so much difference between the thing where like you can even though they're both trying to kill the essentially trying to kill the other person. There's so much difference between the one 
where you have to wear special gloves and you can only punch in certain ways. Right. And, and there's then a the guy standing between you. And the rule is just don't, you can't tear at people's balls or whatever. <laughs> like, a, like a chimp. You can, <laughs> you can swat at people's balls. Yeah. You can't chimp. tear at people's balls. It's horrifying, right? Do you, is that a fuel thing? Do they do, do mixed martial arts? Uh, here's yeah. Uh, well, not to get too corporate Please. on you guys, Todd. For you, Please uh, get very corporate. For you, I uh, my primary job is I work for Fuel TV. It's uh, gotcha. an action sports network. It uh, specializes in skateboarding, snowboarding, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Affronts to God. Mm-hmm. Um, Things I know nothing about. Those aren't affronts mm-hmm. to God. Yeah, you don't put those in the same cat. Like you know. Doing some sort of no, 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 no. I think I think those things. I think uh, I, you know, as you probably know, I don't think the world of skateboarding. Sure, but I don't think it's an affront to God. We don't think the stuff at the Olympic level where they're you well, know they're sports based on arrested adolescents. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, that's, like there's that's a, what they all are. There's a kind of snotty adolescence about the whole thing that is distasteful to me. But like, I don't. I'm not against it. Okay, I I don't want to watch it really. Sure, or be involved in it. But I'm not against it. Frankly, I don't want to watch most of the things in a given Olympics. They're fucking boring. <laughs> uh, Fuel, uh, for the longest time, had a no mixed martial arts policy, despite... How brave. Yeah, yeah. And that was kind of the attitude that they have, mm-hmm. was how brave of us right, right, for right. our principles. Right. Uh, is this because the target audience of... Uh, because a significant portion of the audience of Fuel is sort of like is sort of like teenage... And you know, uh, and tween age people, and it's not just eighteen to thirty-five. It's sort of like twelve to twenty-eight. Uh, well, I think that was the that was the idea. That was the idea at the beginning of the network was that it is younger kids. Um, but recently, they they had a big uh, they had a big shift. Um, I guess they learned that a. Uh, eh, I'll go ahead and talk about this. No one for fuel listens to this. Yeah, they kind of do. Sorry, I'm talking about this, guys. Uh, they learned that a there's the, no doubt to people. There's no doubt for for our regular listeners right how yeah. much Jordan loves his job. At yeah, Fuel. sure. It's a really great. Job. Don't fire me. Do really cool stuff. But sure, this... and lots of our listeners love to watch you on Fuel. Right? Why don't? Why wouldn't they? Uh, a they learned that the network is not doing well, and B that the audience that they do have is a little bit older than they thought. Uh, so the the no MMA principle has and also gay. Yes, yeah. and for some reason, yeah. it's, well, it's super into it's super into purses. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> right. I feel like if I watched Fuel, I saw Jordan. I'm not gay now, but I'm I might end up becoming. Certainly gay. would tell my gay friends. Sure. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's this hot dude mm-hmm. on there for about two minutes a week. I know you like guys of all types. Sure. Yeah. You should go check them out. Maybe you'd like to watch particularly one. sensual guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a bit of a trophy cub. Not in shape, but in a kind of a fun way. <laughs> uh, that's how I sell myself. Mm-hmm. To uh, potential mates, not in shape, but in a fun way. Sure. Uh, no, so they have now. Uh, they are now exploring several different MMA shows. Uh, so that that principle has kind of gone out the window. Now, uh, are you to be to be more a general interest and be in line with this older kind of eighteen and up dude? You, right. you personally, does MMA make you feel uncomfortable? Uh, okay, here's, and we touched on this a little bit last week. Uh, uh, we talked about MMA last week? We talked about sports okay. and liking of sports. Uh, I had no idea I'd come here and we'd be talking about sports. Yeah. <laughs> that is the last thing I thought. We've Wait. only been talking about sports. Okay, let's things. let's move on to our favorite Huey Lewis album. Mine is sports. Oh, oh wait, we're still, no. Uh, 
uh, Jesse likes baseball. I don't really like any sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not grow up with uh, with sports in my life. I, I like other sports too. Sure. How do you feel about sports? Uh, I don't don't like them. Jorts? Jorts, uh, yes. Okay. Squirts, no, because you think you're going to see the girl's butt, mm-hmm. and then you don't. The snorks? <laughs> like them. <laughs> Prefer them to Smurfs. Right. What That's about, what I always thought about Smurfs. Put this shit underwater. Huh? Monchichi? Don't care for it. You look a bit like a Monchichi. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, delightfully out of shape. Mm-hmm. Cuddly. Yeah. Yes. Um, Fun uh, fact, rapper Pharaoh Monch, uh, named after Monchichi. Pharaoh Monch, as in Monchichi? Yeah. Did his friends girl, call him? A girl when he was like a freshman in high school thought he looked like a little Monchichi, and he got the nickname Monch. That's great. Yeah. I love ferocious, that he kept it. Yeah. Ferocious rapper, Pharaoh yes. Monch. Um, I, uh, yeah, for the longest time, my opinion of MMA was like, this is boring and then gross and then boring again. Mm-hmm. Uh I was saying, Jesse, that I feel like I can appreciate a sporting event if someone will sit with me during the sporting event and explain to me why everything is dramatic. Gotcha. Like if there's a rivalry, if uh, someone... Like what is there to get excited about? Yeah, who yeah. wants this the most? Mm-hmm. Who's got the most to prove? Uh, and recently I was uh, I was working and had a kind of a bunch of time to kill between work thing A and work thing B. And, uh, you know, I was just sitting at a bar with a coworker and MMA was on uh, and he was nice enough to explain to me the drama of it. And I was pretty interested in it, to tell you the truth. It's a culture battle, isn't it? Isn't a key element of MMA? Oh, yeah. It's like uh, the yes. ties versus the whites. And right, there's more, like a very popular Hispanic fighter, right? I would say that that was most of the, uh, was most of the cultural matchups was another guy versus a Hispanic guy. Interesting. Hmm. And there were, yeah, and then there was like definitely a big Hispanic guy contingent in the bar we were at rooting for the Hispanic guy. I'll tell you, as a, as a guy who grew up in a largely Latino neighborhood, um, there is nothing more that uh, an American Latino loves more than a race war by proxy. <laughs> sure. Except, you know, the you're, Smiths. You're, <laughs> that's only in Southern California. Northern California Latinos. Someone at least needs in to San explain Francisco, that to me. I, it's, it's one a, of the great mysteries. I love it. I was at Inter- I went to Interpol last night, mm. which was boring. Uh, it couldn't have been really? more boring. Yeah, so boring. I don't. Uh, you, I had come a, on, you I saw had that coming, though, right? For them. Well, I love. You know, I lived in New York, and they uh-huh. were. I, I very much associate that band with my time in New York. Okay. And, did uh, you ever see them live when you were in New York? I did. I saw them okay. for their first album, and I didn't think it was boring then. Um, but there was a huge number of of like Mexican, like moody, goth Mexican kids in the audience, and I was really yeah. like, oh, okay. that's a Southern California thing. Yeah, no, definitely in my neighborhood, uh, the Mexican American, your Salvadorian American, your Guatemalan American teens mm-hmm. uh, like rap music. Okay, okay, yeah, they definitely like rap music. But um, uh, I go to also... I, well, I go to a lot of metal stuff for work, and there's also a, I mean, maybe we're just in Southern California, and there's a lot of Hispanic people at everything. Yes. Right, but no, it but seems deliberate. A... It seems like this is a thing anyway. No, there is a there is a very there is a very specific, especially Chicano culture in Southern California that's really Southern California specific that like I think births the the Smiths the Smiths uh, second generation immigrants the it's amazing uh, the metal second generation immigrants and also a lot of punk rock immig- second generation sure. immigrants and also really into the Saw films 
I think. Yeah. I think there's there's like a weird overlap there. There's sure. Like Morrissey metal and uh, something Saw. about yeah. You know, I'll go. I go to see the Saw films in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, it's me and a bunch of Hispanic kids. I went nothing, to see when nothing brought my to to conclude my point. Nothing brought my neighborhood together like Oscar De La Hoya. <laughs> <laughs> there's no talking about race. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just it was just all about. Uh, what other you know but partly it, it depended on whether he was fighting another latino guy or whether he was fighting a black guy uh, if he was fighting a black guy it was race war by proxy mm-hmm. and if it mm-hmm. was a latino guy it was uh you know a national war by proxy oh, okay that's fair yeah um oh th- i wanted to tell you something about the saw movie oh I, yes i went to see so i went to see jackass today mm-hmm. and one of the previews was the 3d saw movie yes that's coming out and the way the preview, I don't really know if this is in the movie or if it was just a thing they did for the preview, but they make it look like in the preview, like you're part of it. Yeah. You're in the trap. Now. Sure. And they show all these people in a theater wearing 3D glasses, sitting in their seats, watching a Saw movie and then getting like, like locked restrained. Into yeah. Like restraints yeah. come out of the theater <laughs> and then seats. Circular saws start flying out from the screen to murder the entire audience. And that's how they're previewing this film. Like you will all be murdered. <laughs> by saws right. If you go see this film. Uh, but I bet you can get away guy yeah. who's seen them all. Maybe. Um, yeah. I talked to somebody recently who thought that was the theme of the movie was people watching a saw movie getting killed. But I think that's just what they're using for the preview. I, but I, I, don't I don't know, know specifically. Anyway, it is weird. We'll all know soon. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you guys. Midnight show, much. guys. Midnight show. <laughs> it you sounds, guys want to get in line? Mm-hmm. It sounds pretty fast and pretty furious. Okay. <laughs> um, I can, can I ask you about this Jackass movie, Todd? Yes, you can. Um, I know everything about it. I saw... <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I saw um, Johnny Knoxville on... I'm going to say Letterman the other day. Okay. Probably the David Letterman program. You're thinking sure. of Frontline. You saw him on Frontline. <laughs> uh, okay. You, you know what? Now that you say that, it was the American Experience. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was watching the American Experience on Jackass and the Dust Bowl. Mm-hmm. It was a dual topic American okay. Experience. <laughs> um, I saw Johnny Knoxville on there, and I think we can all agree that um, Johnny Knoxville is the leader of this team. And he yes. is the leader of this team because he is genuinely very interesting and charismatic. He's very charismatic. He's the sort of court jester. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and ringleader. And, and I feel like without him, it wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily be a thing. I feel well, like I don't he, think those guys are very ambitious on their own. Right, <laughs> I think it's maybe true. more that. I think he sort of brings them together. I think they would be probably setting their pubes on fire at home, not thinking, hey, this could be something. Right. He, and I think he's a sort of organizing force. But now, on this David Letterman, they showed a clip of, of Johnny Knoxville doing something, I'm going to say two years ago, roughly two years ago, where he rode a motorcycle that he he didn't know how to drive, ride a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. So the guy that punched Jordan in the face, whose name I'm forgetting right ah, now. Travis Pastrana. Travis Pastrana. Actually punched you in the face? Yes. Um, uh, I was interviewing him for something he was horsing around he and thought punched it was me funny. in the face. Oh. Um, On yeah. purpose, but kind of not really. It's like one of those things where you're like wrestling with your girlfriend and you hurt her and then you feel bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, he felt bad then. He did, okay, yeah. good, good. Um, and he's my uh, boyfriend. Tra- <laughs> Travis Pastrana apparently had to put the bike in gear for him, mm-hmm. like let the clutch out or whatever. He was trying to do a jump. He lets go. He falls on the ground. The motorcycle is still in the air. It falls on him, punctures him, 
And apparently, this is two years later. He still has, um, he still has less, like uh, a colostomy bag. A colostomy bag. Oh, yes. Or to, a, no, catheter. a catheter. Excuse catheter. me. He's partially cath. Yeah, catheterized. Yeah. Is catheterized. Yeah. He has to clear out his. He has to clear himself out periodically. Yes, I'd heard that. And um, my wife said something that really like named the feelings that I had for this, which was that it made me feel sad, because Johnny Knoxville had tried to be a guy who did other things besides this. And he's now too old to be doing this. Right. I mean, it, there's no age right. at which you should I th- be I doing this. I thought about that very thing after seeing the movie. He tried to be a movie star for a little while. It didn't work out. It seems like in that world, he's not as charismatic as he is in, in the world of Jackass. And now, you're right, he's too old, he's broken, and he has to do this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I like, I, Jordan and I have talked on the show before about Jackass. Like, I think it's kind of an amazing thing. I can't necessarily sit through an entire one, because mm-hmm. there'll be one or two things that I are just that I just don't want to look at. Right. Um, but I do really admire their spirit of idiocy. Like, I find it really charming. It's gleeful. And, it's it's really there's something like there really is something there like I I when it first came out I just assumed there wasn't but I was totally wrong. I feel like they're all they're all still operating at this. They've preserved this moment of your development in Amber, which is <laughs> when you discover that your penis is funny, <laughs> like that it can stretch out, <laughs> that it can like bend and things like that. Like I feel like they're all still celebrating that very specific moment in your in, in one's development they've sort of bur- they've sort of burrowed into it yeah they really have <laughs> and i really i mean like I find... one of those fish that goes up your urethra <laughs> yes exactly the, the the river fish yeah that lives in your urethra um and I, yeah i i you know i think you know one was better than two and two is better than three but i do appreciate how creative they are and how much they seem to be having a wonderful time. It's also doing what a, they're doing. it's also a great thing to do in 3D. It was, and you know what? The 3D was really good. It was actually <laughs> like one of the better 3D films I've seen. Yeah, they I've, did I've, a really good job. I feel like I've seen a lot of shitty 3D movies mm-hmm. lately, uh, and was wondering if the Jackass was just one of these after the fact. You no, know, let's they convert seemed, it so we can charge twelve bucks instead of ten bucks. They but. did a lot of really great stuff where they actually just had things operating at different. In different in the yeah. mm-hmm. that's fantastic yeah not too many you know coming at you kind of things would you say for it, a dildo would <laughs> you say it's the best 3d movie since dial m for murder in 3d <laughs> or since, since coming Captain at you EO? i would say it's the best 3d film since coming at you how would you compare metal it storm how would you compare it to jaws 3d oh jaws i remember loving jaws 3d when i saw it I'll tell you what I a love. head flies at you. In I love oh, wow. the sort of like embossed Jaws 3D poster that I had at home, despite the fact that I never saw Jaws 3D. Oh, really? <laughs> I, for some reason, had a Jaws 3D poster that was like, that literally was probably four inches deep. Have you seen and a Jaws was, movie? I've never seen any of the Jaws You've movies. never seen the first Jaws I've movie? never seen Jaws. Have you been on the Universal Studios tour where Jaws bites the tram? Never been to Universal Studios. Huh. Wow. That was I all I wanted to do as a child was go on that tram. And when I was working at the Tonight Show, we shot on that lot. So we could actually just kind of, we could take a tour. Traipse around, also yeah. Traipse around and take golf carts up to the tram and just watch Jaws come out as many times as we wanted. And again, like Interpol, it was boring. <laughs> what? It turned out it was really boring. We definitely went there uh, for family vacations growing up. Mm-hmm. And I remember being terrified of the... Uh, of the Jaws part of the tram. Yeah. And uh, I swam a lot as a kid, and um, uh, 
you know, after we did that, there were periods where I would not go in the pool, you know, like I had to fake sick from swim team because I was just so afraid of a Jaws attacking me in the pool. You were going to get Jaws. Yes, I know. And then I I re-rode that tram recently, and I was like, oh, Fuck, I sucked. Oh, <laughs> that thing is awful. That thing is comically awful. Yeah, but the best part is now watching the shark reset itself. Yeah, that is kind of funny. Like if you have that kind of casual moment where you can wow. study it. A good tram driver. Backwards a good tram driver will have a little joke about that. Oh, he will? Okay. Like, I, um, something in their back pocket. I yeah. myself once was on the lot, and I can't remember. Maybe it was the Warner lot or something like that. I didn't spend a I'm not like you guys. I don't spend a lot of time on Hollywood backlots. Mm. Was this a drive-on? Or did you this was just a drive-on. <laughs> okay. This was just a drive-on. Uh, I didn't get the discount at the mm-hmm. studio mm-hmm. store, if that's what you're wondering. <laughs> um, I, 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 but it was the lot. I recognized the lot from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Oh, yeah, yeah. And all I wanted in the world, this is a, as a grown man, this is only a year or so ago. All I wanted in the world was a golf cart to drive around. <laughs> that was like the only thing. All I want, just run up to the, run up to the, where they're plugged in, yank the cord out of and the just wall. just start scooting around. And just start driving through the Godzilla set. <laughs> yeah. T- Todd, uh, where, did, where does the Conan show film now? Is it on, on a similar lot? Okay. Yeah, we, we film on Warner. Uh, and I feel the same way, especially when we were at Universal, it's more of a theme park and all of the backlot stuff is very, very far removed from where we were shooting. So... It never really felt like a busy working lot. It didn't fulfill that little that childhood fantasy. But Warner is, it's busy. There there's stuff going on. There are people making movies and TV shows. There's I see Santa Chuck. Clauses, <laughs> water skiing down the down the street. <laughs> it really with is like and that. Annette. Yes. Man, you might see Ed Asner in a golf cart. <laughs> uh, I know this is. I know this is complaining about this is you know just like complaining about mcdonald's or something like that mm-hmm. but uh so so painfully apparent to me that chuck is one of the best looking guys in the He's world not a nerd but playing a nerd yes. yeah right this is a constant riff of mine okay by the way i and i was <laughs> setting you up for it because i'm a i'm a good yes. co-host i like to say he's almost he's too nerdy yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe him as an action hero. He's too nerdy. Yeah. Sure, yes, he's a very handsome guy that was created in a lab somewhere in Hollywood. Yeah, like as are all people named way, Jack. Yeah, way taller than most people. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. but yeah, the yeah. fact he he him as nerd is weird. Yes. The television show Chuck. Yes, the television show Chuck. Fuck that. I uh, I recently saw um uh, the movie Unstoppable, uh, which is Denzel Washington versus a runaway train. Oh, uh, and it's this. You know how he stops it. Spoiler alert. His dick. His dick. Yeah. His dick. Oh, okay. I thought through prayer. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, right. Okay. Uh, yeah, about uh, 89 minutes in, his co-star looks at him and he's like, Denzel, your dick. <laughs> um, his character. It was there all Denzel. along. It he is. has a yeah. flashback to when they were at a urinal early in the film. <laughs> sure. Yeah. He's like, and his buddy looks over. He's like, you could stop a train with that thing. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Well, that'll never come up. Yeah. <laughs> Back to my blue collar. Lucky job. I don't have to do that. So this movie is really, really like blatant about you know the the movie is a celebration of blue collar heroes there's like kind of evil business guys and the blue collar guys step up and do the right thing like the movie gung ho when you say the blue collar guys you're talking about ron white uh (laughs) jeff foxworthy larry the cable guy celebration of them yes it is comedy i know a lot yeah they're not in it they couldn't book them they were busy but sure but they had to settle for denzel yeah denzel actually plays larry the cable guy in the movie yes he can't really get it right. He just says, get her done. Yeah. Anyway, his diction's too, too good. Too elegant. 
too eloquent. Uh, but okay, but on the same lines as Chuck as nerd, the you know the scrappy blue collar three in this movie: Denzel Washington, Chris Pine, Rosario Dawson. The yeah. three most yeah. beautiful people in the Flawless world. Flawless skin, sure. no pores, perfectly symmetrical in every way. Yeah, <laughs> that's always hard to swallow. Yeah. Well, does he take care of the train? He does. That's what's important. With right? his butt, though. That's the surprise. That's what's so weird you about think it. That's why I loved uh, the original Taking of the Pelham 123. Yeah, it's I've never seen movie, that. But it's a really fun movie to watch because the transit cops yeah. are played by like Walter Matthau. <laughs> like they're real guys in the, the office where the transit cops worked. It looked like it smelled like burnt coffee. It was just this <laughs> dour, sad place. There's a That's kind it. of movie world that you're not allowed to create anymore. That for some reason, like I feel like there you was mean, a time you can't cre- a- you can't create a world that doesn't look like an Apple store. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I feel like at this point they they'd make if they make a movie about the Chilean miners, it will look like an Apple store. Yes. Uh, but in 1974. If they made a movie about, you know, the space station, it would look like a Grand Central Station bathroom. Or like a DMV, yeah. Yeah, just sure. Like, yeah. It's just true. Everything it's really has true. just, everything just has like, uh, you know, like uh, uh, Dustin Hoffman in a watch cap. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was, everything was almost too real. A lot of hair on people's forearms. That kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that look. That's just the, just crawling sure. up over the watch. Nowadays, that's a budget line item. Yeah. <laughs> Forearm hair removal. <laughs> yeah. They tend to it. They don't remove all of it. They don't want something that's perfectly slick. <laughs> well, Jude Law's hair grows very fast. You got you to gotta strip that guy every tend two days. Jordan, can I ask you a, a, a question about Fuel TV? Yeah. Do you think they might be willing to cover the world's fastest emerging martial art? Which one is that? Jude Law hair removal? Jim Cotta? Oh, Jim sure. Cotta. Well, I mean, it does have gymnastic skills and karate kills. What about Gun Cotta? Oh, from the <laughs> from the Kurt Wimmer movies. From the uh, movie Equilibrium. Sure. And yeah. then, of course, uh, the spiritual follow-up, Ultraviolet. Oh, is that a uh, that's also same a gun, director? That is same director, also considered a gun kata film. Also looks like the Apple Store. Yeah, that's right. Nice. I know. Uh, gun kata cracked me up because it was like you don't really need martial arts if you have guns. <laughs> right. I no, know. It's like. And why have you spent all this time making gunfighting look like a beautiful ballet? Shouldn't you just shoot the guy with the gun? Stand back as far as you can and aim. <laughs> right. I feel the same. I feel the same way about the killing party power of gymnastics. Yeah, that's true. Like if you can just if you can just do one pommel horse move, why would you do ten? Oh, he got so lucky that there were natural forms of pommel horses yeah, in I Tibet. Know. Wherever he thank goes. God, thank God, the village of the crazies yeah. has that pommel horse at the end yeah. of that alley. I love oh, that movie so much. Dear God, I um I had a conversation at this wedding that I went to a couple of weeks. My cousin's wedding. I'm talking to this other cousin's uh, girlfriend. Her name was Missy. And uh, she was telling us about her gymnastics career. She'd been a gymnast, like a nationally ranked gymnast, until she was like 15. And then she, she gained weight. This is just how it happens. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you either stay tiny or you don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so she, she had been a gymnast for a long time. And I said, oh, and she was telling me, she was sort of listing to us all of the famous gymnasts that she'd met while she was being a famous gymnast. Or slight, or just one step below famous gymnast. And I don't really care about famous gymnasts. She's listing them. And it's taking a long time. She's just going like Carrie Strug. Mm-hmm. I, that's the only one I can think of right, right now. Right, right. But there was a list of like literally like 10. that She's just saying, I met this one. I met this one. I met this one. 
And uh, I realized that there is there is one gymnast that I'm excited to know whether she'd met. I said, well, did you meet Olympic champion or world champion Kurt Thomas, star of Gymkata? And uh, I said, that's the movie with gymnastic, gymnastic skills and karate, karate kills. kills. Sure. And she said, yeah, I think I met him. And then she went back to listing. How dare she? She went back uh. to listing gymnasts as though I hadn't just brought up Gymkata. Were any of those people in a uh, fusion martial arts gymnastics action film? No, not even one of them. <laughs> Not even one of them. Not even Kevin How Strug. can you? How can you just ignore that I just brought up Jim Cotta and just move on as though nothing had happened? It really is a good movie. It was I considered to be a notable moral failure on her part <laughs> <laughs> to not want to talk about Jim Cotta, to want to go back to talking about actual gymnastics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll have more when we come back. Todd Levin, our guest on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Todd Levin, young man about town. Young man about town, Todd Levin with us. Last of the international playgirls. He is the author of Sex, Our Bodies, Our Junk, along with the other members of the Association for the Betterment of Sex, also a writer for the Conan O'Brien television program, which is now called Conan, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Right Todd, to the point. Todd, can I ask uh, He's a, a big part of can it. Can I ask a Conan question? Please. Uh, this Conan one... is? Mm-hmm. Conan. So he'll, he'll be appearing on the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. From time to time. Uh, I think a lot... Uh, I remember this being a... Uh, a topic when the TBS thing was originally announced, but I don't know if it got resolved or not. Okay. Uh, one of the issues was, uh, does NBC Universal own all those old characters? Technically, yes. They they actually, all of the, our props department from The Tonight Show and Late Night and the costumes and all of that stuff was... Uh, it basically impounded. Wow. Yeah. With yeah. like padlocks and stuff like that. They, I, I heard that they sold all that stuff off to somebody um, okay. that NBC had, but uh, yeah, that was all that stuff is technically their so, uh, intellectual property. So just just to take an example, mm-hmm. uh, the famous character, the masturbating bear. Correct. I assume from now on that will be known as Larry Bud Melman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it will be known as David Letterman's Calvert mom. <laughs> <laughs> Calvin mom who covered the Olympics at one time. That's right. He had to call Larry Bud Melman Calvin DeForest yeah. when he had him on, on the new show. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can't say for sure, but there might be some type of that thing that will happen on the new Conan show. What, how is it is it is it difficult to um is it difficult to sort of like or is it fun because you you don't you'd only been at the show for about a year right when right it, I started at late night right at the end of the run um I was I think I was hired as a potential writer for the Tonight Show um so I only worked at late night for about the last month and a half or so because they they liked that you that you were good at writing celebrity heavy sketches oh god and song and dance numbers <laughs> yes, exactly stunts a lot of reveals of large things <laughs> I <could do> that. <laughs> that was a particular skill i had it, we initi- call them tadas initially <laughs> initially they hired you because they were the, the network already had its eye on on the jay leno show and they yes. knew that you wrote really well for a ford electric car right, right. Mm. i could go back and forth yeah. yeah todd was that you who wrote that piece in gq about 
it uh, yes. was. You were yeah, the one. It was a great piece. Huh? That was great. Oh, thanks. A thanks. lot. Of, I felt like a lot of people talked about that issue, and they're like, "Oh, look at this great Bill Murray interview." I'm like, "But what about that Conan guy who had to move to L.A. like yeah, a year what about after?" Me? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, was, that was Todd Levin's wonderful piece. I think people sure. should should head to their local library and take a <laughs> take a look at. that I think piece. it's on microfiche. Yeah, yeah, you can get it on fiche or <laughs> yeah. film. Fiche or fiche film. Or film. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. You know, it's micro one way or the other. It's all fish or famine at the library. This uh, mm. uh, That's why I write for the show. <laughs> Granted, it didn't really make sense. No. It didn't really have an internal logic. Nope, I just wanted just to say fish or famine. Yeah. Fish or really, famine. I was going to figure it out somehow. But, you know, we, we take what we can get from a Todd Levin. <laughs> but ri- writing that article was a harrowing experience. How Honestly. so? Well, because it was a, you know, I was writing about my boss, mm-hmm. who was no longer my boss at that time, but uh, who I hoped would be my boss yeah. at some and unknown date in the future. you didn't know he was going to be your boss again? No, no one did. We didn't, wow. I, uh, we didn't know we were coming back to the show until, I want to say, I didn't know officially until about August. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So were you just looking for other L.A. writing jobs? or I was, I mean, I was using some of that time. I, you know, I worked on the tour. I did that okay, part of sure. it. You know, so I had work up until working, doing various things for Conan and other people for until about July anyway. So I wasn't really, I didn't really have that much time off. But yeah, I was starting to think, well, if I don't hear something, I will have to figure this out. I'll have to write my way into another job somehow. Okay, so well, I didn't, I, and I, I say that it, it, it shouldn't. It's not as heavy as it sounds because I didn't. I, I'd hoped that I was coming back. I figured I had a good chance, look, but I didn't know. At the end of the day, I'm guessing you could have just stayed at Brian Stack's house. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Is the writing staff the same size as on TBS as it was on? It's a little smaller. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's Ooh. a little smaller. Comparable. Okay, so here's the question. It, when you're when you're starting anew, mm-hmm. is it scary to? Is it cool to have the opportunity to sort of like reimagine what it is again, or is it scary to do that? Um, or is it just is there just not going to be a lot of reimagining and and I should just settle for the blimp? <laughs> oh, <laughs> this blimp be was a funny. Lot of blimp stuff. Um, it's huge. Have you noticed how big it is? Yeah. Yeah. That's going to provide a lot of ta-da moments on the new show. <laughs> it's the blimp again! Yeah. <laughs> you just um, have, you, what, your, your assignment since August has just been to write jokes where the punchline is showing a picture of a blimp. Somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. <Yeah. laughs> oh, I don't know. It was, I mean, it's been interesting because I think... I wonder what people's <laughs> expectations are. I really have this 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 idea that well, I, I know I wor- it's going to be more like George Lopez, right? Well, there you go. Okay, that's the problem. No, like Lopez tonight. Yes, I saw George spicier. Lopez. Yeah. I know it's going to be spicier. Yes, Conan has a blimp. Um, but I uh, I saw at some sort of big street event out here. There's a promotional George Lopez like party bus. And it is oh, kind I of. I thought you were going to say he got a hovercraft or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. No, it's, I was going to be furious. <laughs> uh, it's a party bus, and it is. Uh, it, it is kind of flanked on all sides by like scantily clad promo models. Sure. Why wouldn't it be Lopez branded? That's a. That's promo what models. most parties are like. Right. right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. There's a woman with a logo on her behind. And a bus. Sure. <laughs> Am I mistaken in thinking this about George Lopez? And I really have no problem with George Lopez as a comedian. But he really has transformed himself 
from sort of a lovable dad type into like a scary teenager in the body of a 50 year old you mean in his in, in his, his comedy persona oh, his in comedy his like persona. on air like he was like he was he was the like um he was like the latino comic that the whole latino world could agree on all three generations yes um you know grandma could watch it too mm-hmm. and when i watch lopez tonight I feel like he's just going to fuck a stripper just right there on the stage. <laughs> and he's like really gaunt now. He? Like he's lost a lot of weight. He's like, looks like he's like, like he's got muscles or something under his shirt. Well, he was very sick, right? He, he was has, he? Yeah, he had, I mean, his, do you know that his wife donated a kidney to him? No. I have no idea. Wow. Yeah, he had to get a kidney transplant, which is part of the reason he looks, and I'm sorry to, to, to blow this for okay. you because you have a whole theory about it. Yeah. Actually, this is going to be a funny jag. He's on his last legs. Wow. Now, <laughs> yeah, he, he was very sick. And he's, so I think he's been taking, you know, medication that's changed the way he looks. It's changed his oh. weight. That's changed, like, you know, I think he was taking some sort of, you know, uh, kind of steroid type drugs for a while, oh. which is why he's, he got a little rounder. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he was sick. Um, wow. His wife gave him a kidney, and now they are uh, he does, getting separated. He does look like he he does have a tone like he wants to maybe, like, get in a fight or <laughs> go to see Foxy Boxing. Or, <laughs> no. Foxy <laughs> Boxing? <laughs> I don't know. Or the like, gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Sure. Something. <laughs> there's just a weird kind of... There's a weird kind of... Sunset Strip, um, mechanical. <laughs> he he bull seems like he's on the feeling. make. He's on the make. Yeah. I think it's like it's the tone of that show. I think he's adapting to his intro music and set and like weird catwalk he has to walk down like, to get to his I never desk. Would have thought of George Lopez as like a comedian for the hip hop generation, which seems to be how that show presents him. Yeah, maybe. And maybe that was just, that was their thinking, like, well, there isn't one of those guys now, so Lopez yeah, can be that so. guy. Just because he's Latino? Like, yeah. I sort of, like, thought of him, I sort of thought of him as being, like, a like a sort of, like a Jeff Foxworthy-like figure. Like a sort of a, and I don't mean that as an insult at all. Again, mm. I think he's a funny comedian. Mm. But a, sort of like a, sort of like a charming, sly dad. Yeah. And now I feel like he he you know like he wants to whip it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he wants to whip it out. Right, Denzel style. Yeah. Stop a train. Just wants to or pull stop a train. A, yeah, sure. I don't know. Why not? Um, Maybe be a train. Yeah. His dick can be used to haul goods. He yes. just wants coast to, to hang coast. out with Snoop Doggy Dog now. Yes, well, you know? I would, I would, everybody wants to hang out. With yeah, Snoop right. Doggy. Come Who on, doesn't want yeah. to hang out with Snoop when, Doggy when Dog? When he was on uh, when he was on the Tonight Show, they had a. They built like a special private area for him on the roof where they could smoke weed outside (laughs) undercover with like all these potted plants around a little (laughs) alcove. He never stopped smoking weed. I guess that's just the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I walk, I, I hiked past his house one time. I recognized it from Cribs. Mm. Really? I was really excited. I was like, wait a minute. That's Snoop Doggy Dog's house from Cribs. That's where he played uh, basketball with, uh, gosh, I want to say New Edition. The Cash Money Millionaires? <laughs> no, it was an R&B group. Uh, I think it was New Edition. Okay. 
Snoop Doggy Dog. Something I really like about Snoop Doggy Dog is his commitment to R and B guys. <laughs> yes, he's just got a he, like no other like scary rapper, and like that's really is part of his appeal is being slightly scary. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's certainly sanded off a lot of the sharp edges, but I mean, it's still like Snoop Doggy Dog. Part of the thing when he was nineteen and on the make was like he looks like the kind of shifty guy that might pull some shit. <laughs> See, I always thought that he just. Uh, he was the cool one like he was the very cool almost removed he was like the uh like pink from dazed and confused he did shoot like the and Jason kill someone London didn't he okay yes maybe he did maybe he did but he um uh, but he he's always he's always stood up. i mean his like single-handed preservation of the career of charlie wilson lead singer of the gap band like that's a really a lot of that. That's a really impressive. I hope it is the Gap Band that he's the front that he's the lead singer of. I don't know. Oh jeez. I mean, Jordan, look at. Him. All right. Where's your intern? Yeah, I know. You guys gosh. talk about something. I'm gonna look it up on the iPhone. <laughs> but seriously, how I do do when you're when you're making this new show, do you feel like it's do you feel like it's gonna be uh it, you it's gonna be the show that everyone had come to love. Is it going to be the the broader show that was the Tonight Show? Is it going to be a, a fan service show with nothing but weird nonsense cable channels? <laughs> I think, I mean, you know, I feel like it's very difficult to capture the, those last two weeks and sustain that for an entire show without seeming very self-conscious because that was a singular moment, you know, and I think a lot of people... I worry that that's what their expectation was. It was sort of like we left off there and now we'll just pick right up there. Um, it was really hard because we had a very unified point of view because of what was going on. Um, and it was sort of a mad dash. It was like it really everything was. but the kitchen sink. And we knew we were we were leaving. It we was knew that we Lamborghini were Gallardo or whatever it was. Oh, the uh, the Bugatti uh, Veyron mouse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the, <laughs> the yeah. giant sloth spraying beluga caviar. <laughs> On a uh, priceless Picasso. Is that what it was? Or, yeah. Uh, uh. Yeah, it was, I mean, we, you know, there was a, a general sense that we did not give a fuck, and it was because we didn't, because right. we knew we were getting fired. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I think that uh, Conan's feeling, you know, w- at least what he's expressed to us for the new show, is that he does, you know, want there to be a kind of looseness. I think he felt like, and I think we all did, that The Tonight Show was very pressurized. You know, our whole experience there was very pressurized. Everything was this kind of like precious presentational kind of thing and all every little bit had to be super tight and uh we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and it as a result it wasn't a ton of fun it was certainly fun from moment to moment but the overall experience was not a ton of fun for everybody and i think including conan uh, if i can i mean i hope it's not unfair to speak for him but i, I really do think that um and i think that he wants to have more fun on the new show. And Does it have to be really successful in order for it to be successful? No. Or do you get? And to I think not that that, that takes successful. some of the pressure off. Yeah, I, th- I think that that's the case. Um, but it's not. I don't think it's going to be, uh, you know, two weird dudes popping up from the corner of the screen and sketches <laughs> that have no dialogue <laughs> and <laughs> are just bizarre visuals and all satellite channels. I mean, as much as I love all that stuff, you know, I think Conan was doing that stuff when he was still in his like twenties and wasn't maybe as assured as a performer and as a kind of comedic presence himself. Uh, so, uh, you know, he only had a couple of his world famous dance moves. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now he's got many. Now I assume just before I'm... we get too much okay, into this, yeah. Jesse, I'm sorry you were wrong. Yeah. 
Charles, uh, Charles Charlie Wilson, Uncle Charlie, a United States naval officer and former twelve-term <laughs> Democratic United States representative from a second congressional district in Texas. Ah, he's best known for leading Congress into these into supporting the Operation Cyclone, the largest ever CIA covert operation. And what did Snoop have to do with that? You know what? I not nothing that I can oh, say. Okay. You know nothing. what? I I was I was in my head. I thought I was thinking of the Snoop Doggy Dog song "Beautiful" featuring Pharrell and Uncle Charlie Wilson. Mm-hmm. But now that I think about it, I was thinking of the movie Charlie, Charlie Wilson's, Wilson's War. War. Okay. Sure, <laughs> yeah. a lot of featuring, people confuse the two. Yeah, Philip mm-hmm. Seymour Hoffman. Snoop had a guest verse. In that movie, though, <laughs> yeah, right? He did, he did yeah, a yeah. verse. Yeah, yeah. He dropped he, he sixteen su- he bars. Su- he sung the hook. Mm-hmm. He did a guest. He did a guest spot on that. Yeah, I believe he did. <laughs> I believe he did. Anyway, so about this Conan program. Yes. So you you only have to be as successful as like The Daily Show or something, right? Do you have to be that good about that successful? I don't know. Probably? I don't know. I mean, we're still. It's very much a honeymoon phase. What do you think's going to happen? Do you think people? A lot of people are going to watch it or not? I can't watch it. I don't have cable. I think some people are going to watch it. Yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> Just like some people watch, well, just like some people watch everything. There are no huge breakaway successes. Did you know that people even watch me and Jordan on television? If you can imagine that, there you go. There's an audience for anything. Even Conan O'Brien. Even Conan O'Brien. You genuinely think there's an audience for Conan O'Brien? No, I don't. Have you seen his show before? I have. It is no good. (laughs) Uh, But that's that's an interesting point, and I guess that's something I haven't thought about and i feel like i do a reasonable amount of thinking about tv ratings but i guess that's true that there aren't those smash hit national phenomenons anymore there's a lot of hype for things and then people get excited and then they instantly get turned off like the 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 turnaround the emotional turnaround these days is incredibly fast you know know? uh, kurt anderson the other day posted a tweet on his twitter kurt explodo anderson host of the wonderful public radio program studio 360 Um, as well as acclaimed novelist and co-founder of Spy Magazine. Okay. Um, Kurt Anderson posted a wonderful tweet the other day. He, it was a list of three shows that have uh, more viewers than Mad Men, and one of them was something called Swamp People. Right. There you go. <laughs> there you go. We Swamp all think that people. it's the most successful show in the world because it's the show that the media wants to talk about because it's a smart show and an interesting show. Yeah. So it's everywhere because the people that cover now i'm not saying swamp people about. aren't smart and interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yes you are you're yeah. implying it hey who's more interesting than celebrity chef paul prudhomme <laughs> is he one of the swamp people <laughs> i believe he's, he's part swamp sh- <laughs> <laughs> he's part swamp yeah i think that and That's also horrible. the okie finoki if i'm not oh, okay, mistaken okay. his Probably arms the- and his limbs can regenerate <laughs> at least has been yeah. his daughter's been telling people that she's one eighth okie finoki <laughs> And probably another the interesting thing about the Swamp People v. Mad Men debate, probably the an episode of Swamp People costs like the tie budget of an episode of Mad Men yeah. to make. Yeah. You just follow the Swamp People around they just for a have day to, and a half. They have to trim the, the switch grass that grows off their bodies. Sure. Somebody told me that the most popular Frog show on contest. is The Closer, which I had heard of. But then they told me that the second most popular show is the show that comes after The Closer, which is called like Ingrid and Martha or something. Right. Oh, Rizzolian Isles. <laughs> Rizzolian Isles. I had never even heard of that show. I literally never heard the word. And I'm a professional media personality. It's <laughs> the people who are too terrified to turn off their televisions <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. Uh, I... Uh, um, I'm a member of several casting websites, so I get like casting notices day to day. And um, uh, for maybe two weeks straight, every day I would get 
and, and you know, you kind of fill out your general information when you join one of these casting websites. You know, eh, gender, height, weight, you put a headshot and stuff like that. So how the, much how much swamp you are? Sure. Yes. Exactly. How to what? Yeah. yeah. How far back in your lineage is yeah. there a swamp person? Yes. Um, and uh, you know, so in theory, these swamp these kind of casting notices will be. That's one eighth, one eighth swamp. Octo swamp. It is swampy swampers. Sure, that's a callback to an old episode. A very old episode. Um, so I would, you know, so in theory, these casting notices are supposed to be kind of something that you could potentially, uh, be right for. And for maybe two weeks straight, once a day, I would get a uh, Rosolian Isles, uh, casting notice. All for corpses. Oh, really? <laughs> so it seems like they're killing a lot of twenty-something dudes. What is, is it? A show? Is this a real show? Rizzoli and Isles? Yeah, it's like it's it's two. It sounds like a catering I, it's company. It's two kind of brassy middle-aged female detectives. It's like okay. a CSI, but like your mom is the hero. I okay. when okay. I read about it, I, when I read about Mom's it, I looked it, it up. Uh, 7.75 million people watch it. Jesus. Wow. Seven that's point a huge se- hit. That's like bigger than, that's bigger than like 85% of network television shows. Yeah. 90% of network television Absolutely. shows. Absolutely. Unbelievable. What's it called again? Rizzolian Isles. And what's its relationship to Swamp People? Uh, that it is... She's a celebrity chef probably un- Unrelated in every way. He's done some crossovers. <laughs> you know how... They take place in the same universe. It's like, uh, you know, when the... When the, when the Law and Order people will go to, like, SVU or mm-hmm. something. Sure. Um, we'll have more when we come back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Todd Levin, I'm made of denim. The whole, your whole, it's true. whole thing, inside and out. Wow. Mm-hmm. Even any studs attached? Well, organs have some rivets. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to rivet those stress points, my <laughs> yes, friend. They do. Can't just bar tack them. Like, uh, like Chuck Norris action jeans. Sure. <laughs> um, hey, listen, uh, some important messages this week on Jordan Jesse Go. Do you mind if I share them, Jordan? No. <laughs> I don't. Um, was something that they something that they asked me to work on at uh, uh, at my television program, mm. my television program, sure. at the television program that I work on one day every two weeks. Uh, the grid uh, was they they want to make sure that uh, I sound I don't sound sales pitchy. Mm. Oh. You Sorry, have to tell guys. Loose like Howard Stern. Sorry, guys. That's pretty much how I sound. <laughs> um, two things. Uh, two great sponsors this week. This is how it works on a program for your benefit. Uh, the listeners out there can send us $100 uh, if they'd like to sh- us to share a personal message, 150 if they'd like to, us to share some sort of commercial message, and uh, we will share it here on the air of Jordan Jesse Go. We ask that the people actually be listeners and not advertisers. We have had real advertisers that are like brands, and they're like, well, we heard you can do it for 150 No, mm. like, only if you're, like, actually part of the thing. 
Yeah. Right. Part of the thing. Fuck you. You're not going to do a free ad for Pepsi Max. (laughs) (laughs) We won't talk about that for 20 minutes (laughs) and get people curious. Um, First of all, uh, uh, Josh Bauman. Could be Bowman. Mm -hmm. Bauman. Uh, He is the author of uh, a webcomic called Caffeinated Toothpaste. It is a diary comic strip. It is about his life in Berlin, Germany. Maybe you've heard of it? Sorry, Todd. You wouldn't have heard of it. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. (laughs) It's a little bit too cool for you to have heard of it, It sounds a little cool. Um, Anyway, uh, he he describes it as an ode to caffeine, occasionally inappropriate humor, lactose intolerance, and also caffeine. Um, So so it's, it's like Kathy. (laughs) <laughs> exactly well it's the kathy of things about americans of americans in expatriates in berlin Although a lot of people don't realize that all of kathy took place in dusseldorf <laughs> it did, it did. well because most of it's inside an office building so you don't you can't yeah tell. Yeah. yeah exactly so you can find that online at caffeinatedtoothpaste.com uh, if you'd like to read it i'm sure he would love it if you subscribe to his rss feed rss of course stands for really simple syndication very nice hmm. Really simple syndication, RSS. I wasn't cool enough to know that either. Um, (laughs) I would also like to, uh, on behalf of myself and Jordan, wish a happy anniversary to Dave and Joya of Chicago, Illinois. November 4th is their wedding anniversary. And uh, Dave wants to offer Joya his love through the medium (laughs) that is the quickest way to any young lady's heart, dick joke podcasting. (laughs) Um, he says, he says his special message is that, um, he is very proud of Joya's hard work as a nurse, Mm. as a grad student, two very virtuous occupations, I would argue. And, uh, also that, um, he really appreciates, uh, her forbearance with something that I know a little something about, which is the sad loneliness of the life of uh, the spouse of a law student Mm. Um, as you watch that person throw their life away. (laughs) Just kidding, Joya. You've made a great decision. Hey, guys. Uh, (laughs) Way to go. Yeah. Um, So anyway, happy anniversary to Dave and Joya on November 4th. Um, We wish you all the best. If you ever want to sponsor an upcoming Jordan Jesse Go and have your message in Jumbotron style, you can email our development director and my beautiful wife, Teresa Thorne, at Teresa, T-H-E-R-E-S-A, at MaximumFun.org. We'll be back in just a second with more. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Todd Levin, one quarter swamp person. One, only a quarter? Mm-hmm. So, but you've my, been upgraded uh, from Octoswamp. My grandfather on my mother's side is from actually, the swamp. I after I heard about swamp people, I learned about it from uh, from our from that tweet. I had never heard of it. I was just laughing that there was a show called yeah. that. Awesome. Um, I watched about half of an episode of Swamp People on an airplane, maybe or in a hotel room, something like that. Um, and this is what happened. This was the plot of this Swamp People episode. There was two Swamp People. <laughs> Two gentlemen, swamp gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Swamp fellows. That's what they prefer to be called. Uh, Swamp fellows is their fraternal organization. Mm. Um, They they were out to get some gators or crocs. Mm. I can't remember which one they have in this particular swamp. Mm. 
And um, which was it, Jesse? Socks or shoes? They were bringing. <laughs> you really zinged. Oh, is that a callback? Uh, no. It felt like one. Yeah. Um, Fish or famine? <laughs> there it is. That's the kind of callback I can get behind. Fish. Uh, and the but is, so they were going to catch gators. Okay. But the drama was introduced by the fact that their fat dumb friend was coming with them, and he. Was only a deer hunter. He'd never hunted gators. <laughs> he didn't have a gator hunter. And they didn't him. know if he would be able to hunt the gators. And part of the reason is because of the refractory issue of a gator being partly submerged underwater. Listen, so it doesn't matter. Your gun at them. It doesn't matter what you've hunted as long as you know gun kata. <laughs> then you can shoot anything. Yes, close, close range. Uh, deer and gator. Basically, uh, I mean, they talked a lot cyborgs. about. Uh, they talked cyborgs. a lot about. Nothing happened in the course of this thing. I didn't think so. And nothing ever happens a on a reality a television show. It's yeah. unbelievable. They found one eventually, and after about twenty minutes of building up that how dangerous this was going to be, here's how it happened. The croc was just sort of sitting there, mostly underwater, and they shot it in the head. (laughs) They just came up to it and shot it in the head. It was reading its children a story. (laughs) Well, that's the end of that, they said About how friendly humans are. Um, From time to time uh, out there in the audience, we ask you to give us a telephone call when something momentous happens in your life and share it with us in a pithy manner. Of course, it's a segment called Momentous Occasions, and uh, we've got a few momentous occasions to share with you. Let's roll the tape. Hey, Jordan, Jesse. I don't know if this qualifies as a momentous occasion, but pretty funny. Just uh, a dude, definitely a dude bro type fella. Had a hockey jersey on, and on the back it says number four, and where it normally would say a last name, said titties. That's pretty awesome. I don't know if that's awesome. Four titties? No, the number four. The player's name was Titties. And the player apparently was named Titties. Was that look former guest Jonah Ray, I by the way? Did you hear that? Like probably Jonah one of those Ray. XFL nicknames. Yeah, right. <laughs> sure. Here's Titties, Flamin' Eagle. He hate me. Jordan, <laughs> I think we can both he agree that this Titties hockey guy is no Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, well... By Maybe the way, I'd like to offer okay. I'd like to offer my congratulations to the National League champion San Francisco Giants who won the 6th game. You're uh, looking at me like you like I thought they couldn't do it. You're uh, looking at me with this shit-eating look on your face. And you're just like, like Charles Foster Kane. <laughs> I really was. I <laughs> wished them well. This is not uh, behind you're not sticking it to me. Behind another strong pitching performance. From one 21-year-old left-handed starter, Mr. Madison Bumgarner. So yeah. here's to Madison Bumgarner. And his completely and normal Giants. name. That I, is not that funny. I look forward to all of you uh, from Philadelphia and environs uh, sending me tasty cakes in the mail. I'm not as sure what a tasty cake is, but I know that's something in Philadelphia. Oh, tasty cake's pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty good. What yeah. is it? What is it? It's like their version of Hostess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. what is it? What's in there? Is it chocolate? All sorts of things. I think there's Cream, chocolate, but then there's cakes. also like a Twinkie version. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's well, a golden cake and cream. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, send so, those, guys. There's send like a frosting those. on top. Send them. Send those. Send the, tasty cakes. The address is on the website uh, at MaximumFun.org. Let's listen to the, these telephone calls. Hi, this is uh, Dylan from San Francisco, and I'm calling with a momentous occasion. 
I finally finished the keg that I've been drinking for two weeks. <laughs> oh, it's not really. Congratulations on throwing your life away. <laughs> <laughs> and for having a, no. such a shitty party in the first place <laughs> that the keg didn't get finished. Before we, before we verbally assault Dylan, <laughs> uh, let's be clear. Dylan is a monk. From oh, the 17th oh, century. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. Not only does he get most of his calories from beer, mm-hmm. but he can't keep water because it would become fetid. I understand. Mm. He needs this to live. He does. Hi, Jordan, Jesse Go. This is Joe in Oakland, California. I'm calling with a momentous occasion. Um, I'm 24 years old, and I just came out to my parents tonight. Um, it went really well. They were really loving and supportive, and I'm feeling very relieved and very happy. So I just wanted to share that with you. Thanks. Bye. Bravo, Joe. That's right? Yeah. Way to go. Ju- it was just uh, just about to what a week, ten days ago. It was uh, National Coming Out Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been in the, we've been in the midst of all this uh, all this rigmarole about the uh, horrible anti-gay bullying and uh, suicide and uh, gay teenage suicide being in the news. Uh, you know, for once, and it's unfortunately, it's been a, it's a horrible problem for gay teens and has been for forever. But uh, in the news, I'm very happy to hear that, Joe. That's great. Congratulations. And hey, if you if you uh, if you're gonna come out to your parents and you're worried about it and you're wondering, are Jesse and Jordan on your side? <laughs> Yes, yes, we are. As long as you keep sending tasty cakes, tasty <laughs> don't cakes. let us run out. I'd also like to add that uh, I thought it was really cool that he added some levity to the moment of coming out to his parents by wearing a uh, jersey with the word titties on the back. <laughs> it's kind of a fun, a ironic, touch, like, touch, yeah. irony. Yeah, totally yeah. not the type of guy who would wear that sort of thing. No, he's a, he's a whole other kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so a different fellow. <laughs> now, look, we we haven't taken we didn't take any calls last week. I felt bad, so we had some sort of... I, I, I talked a little bit to Leo, our uh, trusty intern who screened the calls. Uh, I told him... Uh, we can take a couple of calls this week that are just interesting, miscellaneous calls, not momentous occasions, not necessarily for a current action item, just some fun stuff to talk about because we want to reconnect with our audience. So we brought in a Todd Levin. We put in some, we put in some, some of these calls. That's mm-hmm. the two main ways that we connect with the audience. Sure, that's fine. Hey, JJ Go, it's Shelby in New York. Dude, you guys, I just, like, okay, I walk a lot in New York and I see a lot of crazy shit, but I just walked by in fucking Times Square, a professional bull riding ring. Like, they have put some sort of bull riding ring in Times Square. No. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, thanks, thanks, bye. Wow. New York City. How I was dare you. <laughs> I was just bull fighting, bull riding, bull riding, bull riding. like a, an electric or a mechanical bull. Hmm. It's no, no, a real bull. No, it is. Not, I can't. Be yeah, that. bull riding ring. She didn't say a mechanical bull. A real bull, like a rodeo. Yeah, like a rodeo well, in Times more, Square. That's more like it. Okay. I was just, I was just in, uh, I was just in New York City. Uh, uh, just came back yesterday, in mm-hmm. fact, and um, it was a joy. 
as always, sure. had the uh, the pleasure of doing a live sound of Young America there. Thanks to everybody who came out to that. Had a really great meetup, which makes one, two, three awesome meetups since you said you were going to top me in the meetup department. Not about but, quantity. Not um, about quantity. Anyway, it was this really not a really, what this is about. Really awesome meetup. I hung out with uh, a very nice television celebrity, Judah Friedlander. Uh, it was really a pleasure to to get to know very nice and uh, the band Les Savi Fav, mm-hmm. um, who are big Sound of Young America fans, by the way, in addition to being awesome guys. Um, so we had a lot of fun there with, with them and all the young people. And I, at one point, was, um, uh, I want to say, oh, I was in a taxi cab that went through Times Square. And number one, I, New York City is the greatest city in the world, an amazing place. Um, but Times Square is, is, a, is a real shithole. You, there's no reason to go there um, unless you're watching the ball drop. Or yeah. And there's this thing. It occurred to me, like, this is 2010. In 2010, I don't think there's any, but there's any place that you should feel obliged to go to uh, that sucks. And I don't know a lot of... Like, I feel like uh, San Francisco... Uh, my favorite city in the world has Fisherman's Wharf, which fucking sucks. It's retarded. It's stupid. It's nothing. Always crowded. Yeah, and it's nothing. There's no reason to go there at all. It's just fucking bullshit through and Not through. Not even to eat soup out of a sour bread bowl. <laughs> uh, I don't. I. I mean, it's sort. Of, you might as well just eat it at the TGI Fridays. All right. <laughs> that's what. That's what that is. Do they have one of those on the wharf? And I, I'd like to go. They probably <laughs> do. And uh, I. I feel like there was a time, say 1985, where if you're going to New York and someone's like, oh, you got to go to Times Square. Well, you know, what the fuck you know? You know what I mean? Like, you know, you've never been to New York before. You're not going to buy a book about New York to try and figure out whether you should go to Times Square. There's probably only one book at that time. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't know somebody. It was called the Encyclopedia. (laughs) If you don't know somebody that lives there, you have no way of knowing that it's bullshit. You know what I mean? But this is the information age. Is this akin? Is this maybe akin to our Sunset Strip conversation from absolutely. last week? I think the Sunset Strip is a really perfect example. Oh, I think people should absolutely go there though, because it's a it's a horror show. <laughs> <laughs> that is, you're that was that was a place that before I moved to to California, I thought, well, this is going to be great. I really did. And I no matter how many books have come out since 85, I really did. And it is sad and pathetic. Like Times Square isn't really it isn't squalid like like the Sunset Strip is. I think that's the a big difference. Is that sure it's 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 almost the opposite of that. It's 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 family oriented. Yeah, yeah. But it is sickening. Yes, but for it's not squalid in a cool way. I think the Sunset Strip is squalid well, it's not in a cool way, but in a (laughs) in a fascinating way. Yeah, yeah I kind of think the conversation we were having uh, yesterday, or the last time we did the show, mm-hmm. was that uh, the Sunset Strip likes to call attention to its glory days. It has all those banners, yes. like, celebrating, you know, 20 years of rock, and it has, you know, all those guitars that are painted right. Uh, right. all around. It's like, Sunset Strip, why are you talking about your glory days when you're so lame now? Right. Like, maybe that it's like shouldn't the, the be your strategy. It's like the guy talking about how, what a great quarterback he was in high school. Sure, yeah, it's I'm the Al Bundy, Poke yeah. High... Yeah. Sure. 
Um, Wait, what happened in Times Square? It was just lame, and it occurred to me. <laughs> and I wanted to say so. It just no, it just occurred to me know. that like of like really, it takes focus to find a lame part of New York City, especially if you're especially like if you're just like in Manhattan. Like, there's certainly there are parts that are less cool than other parts. Mm-hmm. There's certainly things that are better than other things, etc. There's gradations. But it's a pretty small place with a lot of awesome packed in there. That is true. So it, you really have to make a strong effort to go to the one really genuinely shitty thing there. Like the really lame... Nut, like fucking the, uh, the Empire State Building's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like the, the Statue of Liberty's pretty neat. Going up in the Statue of Liberty's way cool. You know? Her- Herald Square is terrible. Which yeah. is right around the corner from the stuff. That that was a place that that's where the the famous Macy's is. Yeah, and uh, a lot of tourists would go there, especially around Christmas. It was a real crush. But that's talk about a place that its glory days are long gone. That is yeah. a sad, sad place. Yeah, just don't go to those places. Jordan, you you've started this tradition of the having a thread on the Maximum Fun forum. Like I'm going to so and so. Sure. What's a not lame thing? Yeah. I thank God for not that. a not a real robust thread. It's done quite well. It's okay. It's lasted many years. Sure. Um, You know, it appears and disappears from time to time, but people will share recommendations. But sure. People can go on Ask Metafilter. Yeah. Type in Ask Metafilter. Ask it on Ask Metafilter. I just... I just really feel... I just really feel now is the time, the information age, for us to seize the power to know what is and isn't lame before we go there. Right? Fair fair enough. (laughs) Yes. Jordan, fuck you. What? Hey, Jordan, Jesse, this is Jessica from Brooklyn. Um, I'm really stoked about Sunny Young America coming to New York. And I'm calling you from the Good Fork restaurant in uh, Red Hook, Brooklyn. Um, myself and the rest of the staff, who are really good friends, Jordan, Jessica, and Sunny Young America, would like to invite you to come eat dinner here. Uh, so if you have some time in your schedule, come on down for some VIP reservations. Oh, yeah, and if you have any food allergies, just call. We'll make you a special meal. Bye. Wow. Uh, well, I just got back from New York yesterday. <laughs> Too late. What's the name of the restaurant? The Good Fork. No. Oh. It's a great restaurant. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it is in Red Hook, though, so you'll have to take the stagecoach <laughs> no. to get there. <laughs> in the wilds of Brooklyn. I Wow, that's really neat. Well, listen, um, I just got back from New York. However... Uh, this is the month of October. In the month of November, I'll be returning to New York City. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I haven't talked about this on any of our programs, but I will be providing the keynote address on uh, November 11th at the uh, annual grand meeting of the Corduroy Appreciation Society. Oh. Um, in November 11th, of course, being the date that most resembles Corduroy. Um, uh, I'll be there and uh, I'm really it's a tremendous honor as Sloan Crosley who uh, was oh. a guest on this program a few weeks ago has, has given this talk before Jonathan Ames has given this talk before good company what's I don't do you know what the location is is it actually just a thing is it a society that appreciates corduroy uh, yes. yes okay uh, and it's a, it's at a mechanics library I want to say um, I, I, I don't think they've announced all the details okay. yet um, uh, we'll, we'll post them on the website as soon as we have that, them. That group, the Corduroy Appreciation Society, is that what yeah. they're called? It's Corduroy Appreciation, Cl- Appreciation Club, Club. I okay. think I said society, but they—they they were the ones that were responsible for kind of rehabilitating this social club in Park Slope. Uh, that's a great old. And now I can't. I'm so embarrassed. I can't remember the name of it. It's a great old social club, and they were—they kind of got 
tried to bring in younger members because it had been a, a sort of an aging, fading social club. And I actually, that's where I got married. Wow. Oh, it's a great, fantastic. great old place. And I was wondering if that's where it was. Well, uh, uh, Miles Rohan, the uh, founder, has been exceedingly kind, uh, along with the good people at Cotton Inc., Oh, uh, I'm not familiar with their the work. The look, the feel, oh, those guys. Uh, sing it more like Zoe Deschanel, and maybe he will. He'll know. Um, I'm contractually obligated to sing that song every, every time, time you mention, I mention it. the good people at Cotton Inc. Mm. The look, oh boy, the feel of cotton. Just make sure he doesn't mention that name again. Which name is that? Cotton Inc. Oh shit! Cotton. I should have seen that coming. Anyway, uh, I'll be I'll be there. I'll be there with my good friend uh, Adam Adam Lissagor, aka Lonely Sandwich. Uh, we're gonna be shooting some stuff for. Uh, our web series put this on um so uh we'll come to that restaurant send me an email uh lady from that restaurant uh jesse at maximumfun.org and we'll uh we'll totally come to it absolutely i'm ex- i'm excited by the prospect that there are places where you're welcome we- <laughs> <laughs> or you're not chased out i think that's essentially i think that's a really good summary of it actually like i'm not to put too fine a point on it but yes Yes, that there are places where we are welcome. People that want you to be there. When we when we went to um, when we went to Sweet Action Ice Cream in Denver, and the owners were welcomed us there, and they made a special ice cream. They made a special Dr Pepper flavored ice cream for me. Are they affiliated with the magazine Sweet Action? I don't know. I think they're affiliated with the ice cream store Sweet Action okay. in Denver. Um, but because they, they are that. But then I met a guy who was a big Sound of Young America, Jordan Jesse Go fan at the meetup this past weekend who used to live in Denver and work there. And apparently they all used to listen to Jordan Jesse Go and talk about it. And the idea that there are, because let's face reality, our show is essentially a failure. No sure. one, no one listens to our program. Basically, we're no not one. a. Po- this is not a popular program. No, this is not even a popular program for extended cable. I've been bamboozled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, this whole thing. I mean, basically, it's just our moms listening to this. <laughs> and frankly, our moms don't listen. <laughs> Ultimately, the real story is that our moms don't listen. And so, when we hear about like a business where everyone has taken up caring about us, like a little corner of the world where people actually like what we do, it's very gratifying. Yeah. There's that one dildo store. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was one lady at Good Vibrations in San Francisco. I like to think that our podcast is the in-store soundtrack to that particular dildo store. Do you think that we could somehow target dildo stores? But the cool co- lesbian dildo stores. Sure. Because I'm that- sure there's a network. Right, yeah. We would, dildo stores. We would sure they well. They they've got they've got a channel in Muzak, right? Yeah, they do. <laughs> or Sirius XM. Yeah, <laughs> Dildonics. <laughs> Dildonics twenty nine. Smooth Dildonics. <laughs> I would love to be on. Dildonics. Let, we get us on. Get us on in. Uh, get us on in. Uh, babes in Toyland. Sure. Toys in Babeland. Whatever it's called. The New York the, one. Uh, the pleasure chest. Sure. Uh-huh. Not the creepy kind. Again, we want to be on in the, the weird ones. Where the, the kind that's owned by a lesbian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we want. That's the kind I don't like, though. I gotta, really? I prefer the creepy kind. Really? Yeah, because there's less... I, I feel like at places like uh, Toys in Babyland, they're just too eager to help there's you. There's too much press, pressure. <laughs> it's like, I'm trying to they're buy porno. They're too eager to show you how a butt plug works. <laughs> right. I like the ones where the guy works there and he's just like, this is what I wound up with. You know like what? Like it could have been, <laughs> been selling stuffed animals. I feel like I see through your ruse, number one. Okay. 
And uh, what I see is that you feel too much pressure to perform cunnilingus. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, when that's you... it. <laughs> Who needs it? They're always pushing me. Hey, Jordan, yes, you go. This is Tony from the Midwest. Uh, P.S. Well, not P.S. because I haven't said anything yet. Jesse, it's really great to hear your voice on my telephone. Um, anyway, what I wanted to say is um, I've got a possible... I prank call this guy. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, okay. I should have given you a uh, But he knew it was you. You yeah. just you pick a random listener to be your prank call target. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Selection for you guys' segment, uh, jokes that I fucked up or nobody got. So I came up with this joke a while back. So a dick and a fart walk into a bar. Is that, is that not a joke? Because I clearly thought that that was a joke. I don't know. What do you guys no, think? No, it's not a joke. That's called a setup. Yeah. <laughs> That's a setup. You're missing uh, the second part of the joke, which is called the whiz banger. And the third part, <laughs> which is the prestige. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> oh, Todd Levin. Title of the, the episode. <laughs> what was the other one? Fish and Prejudice. <laughs> I think Fish or Famine. Fish or Famine or the prestige. <laughs> hey, what's up, Jordan, Jesse, and guests? Um, so I've been listening to podcasts for a long time. I've been, well... By a long time, I mean, let's say a year and a half now. I've been fairly entertained by the whole thing you guys going, but... <laughs> I, I like this guy's shitty attitude. Rest assured. <laughs> I came to my realization a couple days ago that you guys were both... Well, the two of you and he were contemporaries at UC Santa Cruz. You were both there at the same time, and he says that he thinks you guys are both douches. Mm. Oh. Do you guys have any response to this charge? Mm. So let's, uh, let's, begin, let's begin at the beginning. Sure. Number one, he says he's fairly entertained by the program. I'd like to say to that, you're welcome. Mm -hmm. I'm more than happy to have contributed this to your life. That's the first thing. Um, Number two, were we douches at UC Santa Cruz? Yeah, I mean, probably. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't completely deny the claim. I mean, I think, I don't. I wouldn't consider myself an all-around douche, but I mean, certainly... I'm kind of surprised to hear that, to be frank. What would have yeah. made somebody think you were douches? Do you I, my, most of my freshman year, well, for maybe the first two years, I did carry a boombox. Okay, well, yeah. What were you playing uh, on that? Rap music. Hmm. Did you really carry a boombox around campus playing yes. rap music? Yes. Okay. Now, I have to say that... Um, this P- was was not... it mostly PM Dawn? Yeah, it was all PM Dawn. <laughs> okay. That's what made people... People are like, why is that guy fa- falling asleep on a memory draft? What is this fucking thing called? Why is he wearing a kimono? Um, why does that guy keep getting beat up by KRS-One? <laughs> um, I, you know, this was a thing that, that uh, young people mm-hmm. in uh, San Francisco did. It was normal. Uh, you know, like you'd see people holding a, you know, a $40 radio from Walgreens. Instead of a Walkman. Instead of a Walkman, uh-huh. listening to rap music on it. Uh-huh. It's a totally normal thing in San Francisco. Okay. Uh, and um, Did you know that a lot it of, wouldn't be normal at UC Santa I did Cruz? not know that. Okay. But I will say that when I found out that it wasn't, I didn't really care. There you go. Um I've never been I've never been one to sh- to shy away from eccentricity. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Um I think a lot of people assumed that I was being arch or ironic, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I was not my intent okay. at all. I actually genuinely like rap music and, and wanted to share it with the campus. Yeah, I used to the same boombox I used to uh I used to strap to the back of my bike when I rode my bike to school. Who was in heavy rotation on that boombox? 
Oh well, this is we're talking about 1999, 2000. So you're talking right. about uh, you're talking about Black Star. Okay, probably. Yeah. Probably just That's mostly pretty just pretty Feral Monch actually okay. would probably be. Yeah, because that was a bad time for hip hop. The, so there was a little the bit Snorks, of a... the Snorks theme song. Yeah, the Snorks theme mm-hmm. theme from Snorks. Yeah, mm-hmm. love theme from Snorks. <laughs> yeah, um, MF Doom. So uh, this is pre MF Doom. Okay, um, but anyway. Uh, I don't. I don't feel like we did anything douchey. Eh, did we? I get if this guy was a part of the college radio station that we worked at. I can see how we might have like douched around there and like maybe wised off in meetings and stuff like that. It depends. It, I would like to know where this guy knows us from. That is kind of something. I can here's speak the thing. more I, to it. I feel like this guy doesn't know us. Yeah, he didn't know us. Okay. That's what I think. He has a very specific impression of you. I'm willing to do follow-up on this. If the guy wants to quiz his friend about the way in which we are douches, yeah, I'm, I'm willing, to, willing speak to speak to that and apologize for it if I feel like it's it's justified. And I, in turn, am willing to speak to it and dispute it. <laughs> <laughs> do you think it's possible that the two of you, I'm guessing, got along very well and you kind of had a real connection, right? Sure. That's true. Okay. Yes. And that maybe we have, now. Being, I want to be clear. Mm-hmm. We only went as far as oral. Okay, that's fine. That's right. fine. Um, but is it possible that the way you guys related to each other and the various inside jokes and the kind of twin language that you probably developed because you knew each other so well, along with Jim Rayal, the master of Would You Rather? Sure. There you go. Uh, could be some see, somewhat alienating for somebody outside of that bubble. Was there a time, Todd, mm-hmm. when? Jim Rayal, the master of Would You Rather, got a pair of pants he really liked mm-hmm. and called us and said he'd invented something called Love em Pants, which is something that you say when you really love your pants. Um, and we all discussed Love em Pants together sure. pretty consistently. Yeah. And that became a thing. Yes. Yeah. Was Love em Pants a thing? Certainly. But was Love em Pants exclusionary? No, anybody <laughs> could step in and Love em Pants. Now... Did Jordan and I have a Radio Shack intercom between our dorm rooms at one point? Yes. Sure. We did. And if that's what this guy is saying is douchey, this is probably just jealousy that he didn't have a Radio right. Shack intercom that went to his friend's dorm You know room. what? This guy sounds to me like a real douche. Yeah. Real meatball. A real microfiche. You know what happened when we were in college that he might be thinking of? Hmm. September 11th. You guys did that? No, we oh. didn't, but he might but he might just be misremembering it. It was a group of Islamic terrorists, but he Those might Those guys be were kind of douchey. Attributing <laughs> it, yeah. attributing it to us just cuz we were, you know, we were sort of large and in charge around campus. Yes. So it's two sort of big I memories that. that have sort of, you know how memories kind of run together. Yes. It's I now remember almost when, 10 years ago. When the New York Times covered September 11 attacks, they they said total douche move. That yeah. was the headline. Well, <laughs> the also, well, also before they hijacked the planes, yeah. they were talking loudly in a uh, bar about their favorite <laughs> our cell phones and about their favorite quotes from Billy Madison. Oh, that's the worst. Right. Yeah. Well, they're bragging about what they got in their well, verbal just, section well, of the SATs. <laughs> yep. Um, I want to say that yeah. I look back on a lot of stuff I did and said and thought in college. And I think, what a douche yeah, about really? about That's myself. That's why I like, want to get into because it. Because I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell you something, Jordan. Sure. When I heard about this, I thought I think a lot of people interpret me as being like pretentious or arrogant or something like that. 
Uh, well, we stop bringing up all these Esquire articles. Right. Exactly. Like no, shitting I, I on think, Times Square, a national yeah. treasure. When when people say something mean shitting about me, shitting on the movie National Treasure. When people say something <laughs> about me, it's that I'm. It's they. They tend to say, you know, he's pretentious or arrogant or something like that. Sure. And I think that people could interpret my, you know, the way I am and misinterpret the way I am in the world as that. You know, it's mm-hmm. certainly not. I don't think that it is that, but I, I can see that. But frankly, as somebody who's known you for a long time, I really have a hard time coming up with why someone might think you're a douche. You know, I... Because you're really a pretty nice guy. Well, and you And you really kind of... You're the kind of guy who, you know, like, I will just, you know, when there's something that I don't like in the world, um, I will either say that I don't like it or just not engage it at all. Uh, you will go out of your way to be considerate and f- nice to someone that's lame, something that's lame, etc. Uh, well, well, thanks. Uh... It sounds like this guy was painting you with Jesse's douche brush. <laughs> yeah, right. Some of the <laughs> some of the douche runoff. I although I do feel like I look when I I look back at the various phases of my life. Like now, I look back at my you know early early adulthood and you know and then at college and then at high school i pretty much think i was a douche and all those things like in i don't what way like name one I douchey don't know. thing just being like i don't know just like being a being too opinionated or like having dumb opinions about music or something like that or like well, look we all know that you have dumb opinions <laughs> about music sure <laughs> and certainly when you were with our friend brian heater you were co-hosting that ska show yeah what? yeah that was that dumb yes really? <laughs> yeah i you did host the ska show yeah, on college radio what was it called uh, it had a couple of names, uh, all names of famous Scott songs. Uh, okay. mo- for the for the longest period, it was called the Special Brew. Got it. Uh, then it was called One Step Beyond for a while. Okay. Anyways, it was great. They did a great. I mean, I hate ska music. Don't get me wrong. I just hate ska but... band names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, you uh, don't like it when they insert ska no, into the name of the not. band. Scaba the Hut. Scott Atomic Bomb. Like you don't it. like any of these. Clarence Scott Thomas. But. Uh, <laughs> Jordan and Jordan and Brian did a really great job. And then the spinoff band, Kristen Scott Thomas. <laughs> Kristen Scott Thomas. Sorry, thinking. Ah, uh, sorry. They did a they did a great job on the show. I don't know. I I sincerely can't think of anything. I you were Jordan. I mean, what you may think of as being overly opinionated is just absurd to me because you're one of the least opinionated person people <laughs> I've have ever no met. Yes, sure. You have opinions, but you're. You're so uh, you're so uncomfortable making other people uncomfortable. I can't imagine you making someone else uncomfortable enough for them to think that you're a douche. Fair enough. I although I'm willing. I, anyways, I'd like to hear more. Is all okay. I, is all I'm saying. Okay. Well, Jordan would like to hear more so that he can make other people more comfortable. I'd like to hear more so I can pick a fight with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and, we're in agreement of that. And we'll, I've heard quite enough. We'll be back <laughs> in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Todd Levin, friend to the animals. You are. Everybody mm-hmm. knows that. I love all animals except for corgis. Yeah. What's wrong with them? <laughs> yeah, grotesque. there's been a there's been a a squirrel and bluebird perched on your shoulder this whole time. <laughs> sure, yeah, we should know, and they've been very well behaved, exceptionally oh. so. They're well cared for. Um, I also I just wanted to commend you on your integration of animation and live action. 
Oh, do you like that? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Todd Levin, of course, is one of the authors of Sex, Our Bodies, Our Junk. He is one of the members of the Association for the Betterment of Sex, along with uh, not that long ago uh, Sound of Young America guest Mike Sachs, who wrote the, uh, edited the great um, book of interviews of comedy, comedians and comedy writers called And Here's the Kicker. Um, lots of other people from lots of other cool outlets are involved in this little operation, this little cabal of comedy writers you have. Let's Listen, see. if you buy only one comic sex parody book this holiday season, you're going to have a hard time deciding between this one and Kristen Schaal's. Because Kristen Schaal was on the Sandy Young America. She there was great. Uh, look, I mean, both of them are great. They're both good books. The reality is both of these two books are hilarious. I say you pick them both up. You read 20 pages straight on each one, and you make your choice. Look. And that choice is both. Um, buy them both. At the end of the day, both. at the end of the day, you can buy a DVD of Flight of the Concords if you want to laugh at some Kristen Schaal jokes. I mean, for God's sake. For goodness sakes. Todd Levin, Todd Levin didn't even know whether he was going to get another writing job on a major late-night television program. He has now, granted. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, he rides around on a little fucking golf cart or whatever. I do. With he Santa can, Claus and Godzilla. He's tricked out. Sure, and he can see Jaws whenever he wants to. Um, but he didn't know. For a while, he didn't know whether he was going to be able to. So buy his book. It's called Sex, Our Bodies, Our Junk by the Association for the Betterment of Sex. Um, and, of course, watch the uh, television program Conan. Yes, Conan. The legendary Conan journeys. O'Brien. <laughs> Conan uh, O'Destroyer. Um... Yeah, 206-984-4-FUN, the number to call if you've got a momentous occasion. Please do check out our forum where we have the King of the Children contest in full bloom. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a contest where we've asked listeners to uh, have their children draw pictures of Jordan Jesse Go. Um, Now, we insist that their children not listen to Jordan Jesse Go because it's not appropriate for children. Um, But just they could describe some stuff from Jordan Jesse Go to their children so they can draw it. You send it in to us here at the show. Again, the address is on the website, or you can email it to jjgo at maximumfun.org. Um, and, you know, we're just sort of, uh, we're just sort of uh, you know, conglomerating them together into sure. a big ball. We're going to pick a winner eventually, but what's fun about it is because the kids don't listen to the show... Mm-hmm. Um, they we, won't know when they've lost. We, yeah, we <laughs> encourage parents to lie to their children and tell them that they've won. And part of the King of the Children promise is, if you give us a heads up, we'll back you up on that. Okay. So if we meet, meet you at a meetup or whatever, and you say, this is my kid, remember he won the King of the Children contest, we'll say, oh, all hail your majesty, the King of the Children. And again, k- kings can be men or women in this scenario. Sure. I want to make but that clear, we will too. not say queen. No, we won't say queen and because we're homophobic. It's because of our homophobia. Sure. You will not bow. No. <laughs> no, absolutely not. We will not. bow to a girl king. Yes. That's fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> who wouldn't bow to a girl king? It's an impressive accomplishment. Sure. I think a, most of the entrants are girls, too. Yeah, most of them are girls. We, girls are more talented than boys. Sure. <laughs> Realistically. Like but boys are better at math. Yeah. Um, sure. Why not? And cooking. Yeah, <laughs> right. Look at Mario Batali. Yeah, he's great. And um, Bobby Flay. Hey, sure. listen, I uh, I have uh, one request for everybody out there. People know the the signature Jordan Jesse Go segment, Judge John Hodgman, mm-hmm. uh, in which our friend John Hodgman uh, settles disputes, large and small, um, both large and small, uh, real disputes uh, live on our air. Now, I have some bad news. 
that will no longer be a part of Jordan Jesse Go. From here on out, you will no longer hear Judge John Hodgman on Jordan Jesse Go. However, I also have some good news. We are working on a secret project, and we require your disputes for Judge John Hodgman. So if you have a genuine dispute with someone you know, Again, it can be large or small, but it should be actual. Uh, We don't want uh, something that you made up for the thing. An actual dispute, anything from, you know, I want to sleep on this side of the bed. He wants to sleep on that side of the bed. He always sticks his knife in the jelly after he's been eating peanut butter and gets peanut butter in the jelly. Um, Anything, large or small, with a friend, a lover, a partner, a business associate. A horse. Um, it, let us know about your problem and include your telephone call, your telephone number. Uh, email hodgman at maximumfun.org. It's that easy. Hodgman at maximumfun.org. And uh, tell us what your dispute is um, and include your telephone number so we can give you a call. And let us know uh, if we might be able to reach you and your, um, uh, and your co-disputant. Um, and if you might be interested in ju- judgment, I'm not going to say anything more than that. This is a secret project. But he is not doing John jo- Judge John Hodgman on Jordan Jesse on Jordan Go. Jesse Go. No longer will he be doing Judge John Hodgman on Jordan Jesse Go. However, if you have a dispute for Judge John Hodgman, we are working on a secret project <laughs> about which I will say nothing. Do not expect to hear it on Jordan Jesse Go. Though. It's not going to happen on Jordan Jesse Go. It's gone. Jordan Jesse Go is now 100% Hodgman free, and thank God for that. Yeah, right. He was really gumming up the works. Sure. And 100% Hodgkins free. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> on that, boy. We're completely alymphomatic. <laughs> I have contracted lupus. <laughs> That's oh. true. And I have sickle cell anemia. <laughs> I do have a case of dropsy. <laughs> <laughs> At least you just don't have that galloping pneumonia. Um, Can we just keep listing old diseases? Email those to Hodgman at MaximumFun.org. Run out and buy Todd Levin's book, Sex, Our Bodies, Our Junk. Mail us a big box of tasty cakes. Our theme music is Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. Um, Listen, I'm going to give out our address for those tasty cakes. 1553 Silverwood Terrace, Los Angeles, California, 90026. Yes. I'm looking forward to uh, the San Francisco Giants in the World Series. Congratulations to uh, Madison Bumgarner and his teammates on the San Francisco Giants. Um, I really insist that everyone watch Giants closer Brian Wilson's interview with uh, sports talk host uh, Jim Rome uh, because he says about a thousand amazing things that you never thought you'd hear a professional athlete say. Just says crazy nonsense. Um, it's just amazing. Uh, that's it. We'll see you next time. Yep. On Jordan Jesse Go. Oh, watch me and Jordan on television. Yeah. Uh, Thursdays at 745 Pacific on IFC's The Grid. Yeah. Okay, bye. Breaking news. I said 745 Pacific. I meant 745 Eastern. 445 <laughs> Eastern. Pacific. We'll talk to you next time. 